got so many mentions. Ugh. Oh, so popular. No, it's actually not that many. Sorry, that really did sound obnoxious. And it's just I wanted to retweet the analog one, and now I have to... So every now and then, I will, I'll post something to Twitter and go away for a while, right? Like, But it's like a thing that I think people might mm-hmm. reply to, mm-hmm. right? You know, Maybe it's a, a picture of my BB-8 lampshade, for example. And then I open up Twitter again like Tweetbot, but I have it set on the timeline view, mm-hmm. right? The regular timeline view. But for whatever reason, I just assumed that when I was opening, opening Tweetbot again, I'm going to mm-hmm. my mentions. And like, I see like 165. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> right? <laughs> because there have been times where like, it's not to that level, but like I've posted something and something has yeah. happened, mm-hmm. right? Like, I have said something stupid and people are replying to me or like I've gotten involved like unintentionally in a 75 person long conversation, (laughs) especially now, you know, like, um, Oh yeah. Tweet, tweet bot updated to this, to the way that Twitter works now. Right. With like the, you reply and it just is to everyone because mm-hmm. i know i am currently sending replies to more people than i would normally send them to yep because i'm like oh, i can't be bothered to uncheck it gray's just gonna get this one <laughs> right because when people tweet me and gray i tend to just tweet back to the person as opposed to tweeting him as well mm-hmm. because he's gray he yeah he doesn't want to see it and most of the time i don't want him to see what i'm saying right like because i like will answer questions for people or like or make fun of him or something. Mm-hmm. But I've been noticing I just I just can't be bothered. And I know, okay, everybody that opened their Twitter application and opened a compose window to tell me this, don't worry, you can close it again. I know you can long press on the reply button to get back to the old way, but I have years of muscle memory built into not doing that. So I don't do yeah. that. Oh, well, you can also you can also um, tap on any of the names where it says on in Tweetbot anyway. It says like yeah, I know you can take to, them away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, but I just don't right because it's just like well they're there now. I can't be bothered to tap it because then it's annoying. And you know what I really hate that you can't uncheck the first person mm-hmm. because there are times when like say somebody retweets something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to reply to the original tweeter sometimes. Yeah, yeah, completely. Like, agree. I don't know that person. They don't know me. I want to talk to you about what you just retweeted. Yep. And it's like, oh, it's so frustrating. And I know why Tweetbot have done this, and, like, they should do this, because the ability to be able to get the full 140 characters is a good thing to have, right? Like, I get why they've done it, but it is annoying. I do like that they do have that option that you can do the the long press and it will give the old method. I do like that they have that, mm-hmm. but I do kind of hate this. I mean, my other thing that I hate right now is to see this happen all the time where people are doing like the full stop and then the name. Uh, oh, you mean a period then the name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I know they don't mean to. Mm-hmm. Like they're just using the official application and they've tweeted and it has somebody's name in the tweet and then they hit reply to thread the tweet, right? Mm-hmm. But like in the new interface, you don't know that you're replying to the person that you mentioned in the previous tweet. It's just a disaster. It's, it, it's everything's awful. ruined. It's all ruined now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Twitter is ruined 
on an almost bi-weekly basis anyway. So, Actual. And that can either mean every two weeks or twice a week. It really depends on whatever you think because you'd be right in both instances. Yep. Completely agree with you, but we, uh, we should probably move on. We have a lot of things to talk about this episode, lots and lots of things to discuss. Okay, so we should tell you that this week we are starting a new series, which we have yet to name uh, on this show, and we are going to be watching the television show Firefly from start to finish, one episode per fortnight. So this week we're going to discuss the canonical first episode, which is entitled Serenity. It is the only 90-ish minute episode, um, and we will be doing that at the very end of the show, and I guarantee that we will either only dis- discuss Serenity for the, the very end of the show. So if you haven't seen it or are not interested, you will miss nothing if you cut the, if you stop there or, or if for some reason we get back to other things, which we shouldn't, we will put chapters before and after at the very least. So be a chapter before. And if for some reason we get into something else, we'll put a chapter after, but it's very unlikely. So if you haven't seen the television program, Firefly, you are missing out. And if you haven't seen the first episode, which is called Serenity, which is 90 minutes or so, then I would recommend either listening to this until you get to the spoiler horn or just stopping us right now and going and listening because it is worth your time. So we will be talking about that one episode per week, and we will be doing this for the next 14-ish weeks or however many episodes there are. I think it's 14, and there's some total- rest of the year yeah but actually i think you're right yeah so the rest of 2017 we'll be discussing firefly uh unless one of us rage quits it because i can't tell you how stressed i am listeners that mike may not like this so oh god casey we'll doesn't know uh, i don't given him anything and i and you are the first thing we will talk about when we get to the segment is how i felt about the episode okay good because that's how i like to start these things mm-hmm. okay but you will not know until that segment. So yeah, Casey mentioned this, but I want to just kind of. We've had a, a, a flow on this show for a long time that like it ends on relay your feels. Um, the show will now be ending on the Firefly segment every time we do it, even if there is relay your feels. So there will be nothing post that point. So right. if you are like watching, or you don't care, or you're going to catch up later, you won't get to that. You won't get to that. Right. So you're good. Right. All right. So that will be later in the show. We just want to drop a teaser slash warning. So, Mike, tell me, we are recording just a shade later than normal today. What What's going on? Yeah, I was I was at a wrestling show today. Oh, really? <laughs> My second in like three days or something. Okay. WWE is doing this tour in the UK right now. So I've been at um, I was at a, a kind of an event on the weekend in a place called Norwich in England. And I was at another one today, which is the one that they tape. For, they've taped it for TV. It goes out like Tuesday night, right? Like last Tuesday night. Tonight, as we're recording this, they'll put it up on American TV because they don't they don't show it live when they do it here because it would be starting at like two o'clock in the afternoon or something. Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't show it. Um, but yeah, so that's where I was tonight, and uh, I was very quiet because usually, you know, they're very vocal. Mm-hmm. You you shout and scream and sure. cheer and boo, but I s- did nothing. Why is that? Because I wouldn't be able to talk right now. Oh, thanks, buddy. I would be really hoarse and and yeah, that would be bad. So I didn't do that. Um, and I went on my own to this one. Oh, the one the one I went on Saturday. I went with my brother, but I went on my own to this because uh, we didn't buy tickets, so I had to buy a second like an aftermarket ticket. So it was markedly more expensive. Mm-hmm. But I've done this before. Um, I, I when I was uh, last year in Brooklyn 
I went to the SummerSlam show and I went on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not a new thing for me because, you know, it is what it is. But what I, one reason I wanted to bring this up, there's two reasons, but the first is to ask you if you would ever go to an event like this on your own. Because basically it's either you go on your own or you don't go. Yeah, you know, that's tough. Um, Aaron's an angel and has suffered through some really crummy things that I've asked her to enjoy I will me. just say, now that you've mentioned it, if if I asked Adina to come, she would come. But mm-hmm. I, there's no point. It's yeah. like it would be uh, this big expense and she would only mildly enjoy it, I think. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, knowing me, I would put a lot of pressure on Aaron to go with me so I wouldn't have to be alone, which is probably not the right answer. You, the right answer is probably what you didn't say to Adina, no, I've got this, don't worry about it. But um, I would probably, knowing me, put pressure on Aaron to go with me, and she would probably cave because she's the best. But to directly answer your question, I don't know. Um, I will never forget when I traveled actually to Helsinki for work. This was years ago, probably almost a decade ago now. And um, I had to eat a couple of times by myself. And when you're on business travel, you're going to go to a restaurant, right? You're not, and you're probably not going to go to like McDonald's, especially if you're in Helsinki. So I ended up going to the hotel restaurant, which is, you know, not unusual. And I ate by myself. And I remember thinking to myself how unbelievably awkward it was. And I brought my computer with me. So I had something to work on and something to do. And I guess I could have brought a book or something like that. But I don't know. uh, I always feel... I feel like that would be extremely awkward or even like going to a movie by yourself. I feel like that would be so awkward. And, and the reality of the situation is it's only awkward because I think it's awkward and it's really fine. Like nobody else cares, but I don't know if I would have the chutzpah to go all by myself. Uh, That's, that's bold of you. And I, and I admire that. I mean, professional wrestling is one of those things where some people do go on their own for the very reasons that I go, because Mm -hmm. most people in their lives tend not to have that many people, if anyone, that actually also enjoys it. Sure. Right? So, like, I see people when I'm there, and I'm like, I know you're on your own, too. (laughs) And as is the nature of the... the, the, Because so there are, like... What I went to tonight is like the main TV shows, so it's it's quite mainstream, which means that it's a very family audience. Where like some of the other ones, they're kind of a bit more narrow, and it tends to be all adults. So like the one I went to on the weekend was basically all adults, mm-hmm. um, and it's the the content doesn't change, but it's just who they're trying to approach, right? So one of them isn't more risque than the other, right? For example, right. it's not more adult focused. Um, so I'm surrounded by families, surrounded by kids as well, which also just makes it a very different experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think I'm going to be doing a lot more of it because the thing that I went to on the weekend was actually like effectively a pilot for a weekly UK broadcast television show. Oh, I've never done before. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, I'll be going a lot more. And one of the reasons, other reason I wanted to mention this is just just a bit of follow up about the ring post. Just because I mentioned it before, that kind of I, I wasn't really sure what I was doing with it, and I felt like it kind of was going to go away. Uh, it isn't. It's kind of back with a vengeance now because oh, one of my co-hosts, Dave, is editing the show. Oh, awesome! So I now don't feel there's any work involved in me doing this. I just show up and just talk and go away again. I, I always best, enjoyed that part. Yeah, I always enjoyed that part. But I, I, I hated the part afterwards that felt like work, which is the editing. Like it's, It wasn't a lot of time, but it took what was a hobby fun thing, which is professional wrestling, and then turned it into kind of part of my like what my day job is. And it turned out that I ended up not liking the way that that felt. 
So the fact that I now, basically, Henry, so I have two, so basically it's the three of us now, me, Dave, and Henry, and Henry tends to do all the planning, Dave does all the editing, I just show up and talk to them and go away again, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty much the best setup in the world, I can speak from experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now you see how it's great, how great it is to be me. Um, well, for the, to go back a half step for the thing that was over the weekend that was the pilot. So that was not, and I, I'm I'm sorry that I'm not using the right like names, or whatever. But that wasn't like the Rock and Triple H or anything like that, right? That was like maybe second string, if you will, or like the 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 not uh, quite main people. Or am I or am I wrong? So these are um, UK talent. So okay, these are all okay. kind of that they, they have never been on the shows before. Mm-hmm. The WWE is signing up a bunch of UK talent, and it's because um, ITV, one of the big networks here, is starting their own wrestling show, and mm-hmm. for, for reasons which don't really make any sense, but everyone in the UK is really happy that they feel this way. It seems to have gotten the WWE spooked. Interesting. Okay. In that, like, they think that they're going to lose some of their market, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this ITV show is going to be a success, but now they've kind of started down this path, and there is a big there is a big fan base here, and uh, it seems like that they're starting to attract go after them. So I'm excited about it because I do enjoy going because it's a different experience, and and kind of us getting to have their own thing is fun. But I'm doing it again, where I'm turning this into the accidental wrestling podcast. So <laughs> we do have lots of other things that we want to talk about. So I guess basically, you're making me watch your TV show, and I'm making yeah. you listen to me talk about mine. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's agree to talk about something that's awesome. Squarespace. So awesome. You want to go to squarespace.com, enter the offer code FEELS at checkout, and you'll get ten percent off your first purchase make your next move with squarespace because they let you easily create that website that you have for your next idea project no matter what it is whether it's an online store a portfolio a blog maybe a site for your restaurant business or band squarespace is the only one platform that lets you take care of all of it they let you grab a unique domain name take advantage of award-winning templates to show off your great ideas so much more You don't have to worry about anything with Squarespace. They've got you covered. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. It is the full package. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support in case you need it. But their platform is so rock-solid you're probably not going to. It's there. It's like a safety net. That 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 support is a safety net. But also, you know, like if let's say that the, uh, you have all the websites that you need, but you know people in your life that need websites. Squarespace is great for them because you can help them get set up. They're going to have a great platform, and then they also have support for themselves built right into the platform, so you don't need to help them out. That is a great selling point of Squarespace. You don't need to continue being that technical support person. But I have used Squarespace personally for as long as I can remember now, for all, for, I cannot think of a project that I have had that has not had a Squarespace site somewhere in, in the midst of it. <laughs> like even at Relay FM, our blog and uh, our store where we sell t-shirts and stickers, that's all run on Squarespace because they do that stuff way better than we could ever dream of. Their plans start at just $12 a month. You can sign up for a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. Use the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and should also show your support for Analog. We thank Squarespace for the continued support of this show, Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. All right. So what's going on? You've been running. Indeed. What's going on? Um, A few things all at once. Um, One of the things that's going on is I feel like I am 
growing horizontally in a noticeable way. I mean, I'm still a relatively svelte person, but I feel like I'm gaining a beer belly without having actually having to having had any beer to drink. Um, and I am feeling increased pressure to make sure that I'll be around for a long time, not from anyone else, but from myself. You know, I want to be here for Declan as long as I possibly can. And for Aaron, as long as I possibly can. And, and me and, and, and for you, of course. And so mm-hmm. I just feel like it's time for me to start trying to exercise with a regularity. I, I, if I'm really honest with myself, I have never in my entire life been very good about exercising and I've never really regularly exercised. I've had fits and spurts where I'll run for a few weeks and then stop. And then I'll, I'll have a fitness spurt where I'll maybe I'll like when I was younger, I'd play basketball, like pick up games of basketball for a while and then stop. And so I'm trying to get myself into some sort of a regimen and the best thing I can do, the best thing I've found so far is to go running and to do that before anyone else in the house wakes up. So for the last few weeks, maybe three weeks, um, I've woken up at about six. I used to wake up at about quarter to seven. Um, so I wake up at about six. I'm out of bed by about six oh five. I throw on some running clothes and I've been using a couch to 5k app. I don't remember the name of it. I will try to remember to put a link in the show notes. It's the one that Jason Snell had recommended. I did not try any others. There may be better ones for all I know. I basically just asked Snell, Hey, what do you use? He said this. And I said, okay. And then I paid for it. Um, anyway, so the, the premise is that I, I don't know that I'll ever run a 5k marathon, which is barely a marathon in the first place, but what it, what it, no, it's you not do, a marathon. Yeah. It's it, just a race. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So there you go. But, um, point is, is that it takes you from basically never having run, which at this point has been so long, that's effectively me, to being able to run 5,000 meters. Yeah, 5,000 meters um, or five kilometers, I guess. Uh, in, in, <laughs> I don't in, know why you went for that. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. 50,000 centimeters. <laughs> exactly. It's not natural <laughs> to me, man. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, so run, <laughs> run. I think it's like five miles or four miles. So I'm like, that doesn't really matter. But run five, uh, 5K. Um, in the span of like eight or nine weeks or something like that. So the way this particular app works is they have you uh, do at least three runs a week and you do like kind of intervals, or I think that's what it's called. You can tell ignorant I am when it comes to exercise, but you do like you run or jog really for a minute and a half, then you walk for a minute and a half, then you jog for a minute and a half, then you walk for a minute and a half. That's the first day. And then the next week, maybe you're jogging for three minutes and and walking for three minutes or jogging for five minutes and walking for three minutes or whatever the case may be. Um, So in any case, I've been, I think I'm on my fourth week of this now or something like that. And so far it's going okay. It's pretty funny though, because at the end of the first week, it was all, I think, minute and a half uh, jog, minute and a half walk. And by the end of that first week, I was killing that minute and a half. Those 90 seconds, I was destroying them. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm good. I'm in better shape than I thought. Then the next week started and I did three minute runs or jogs or whatever. And holy crap, I am screwed. <laughs> it turns out that makes a I big difference. I think that they're just trying to ease you in. I right? know, like I know. They don't want to yeah. kill you straight off. Exactly. My brain knew exactly what was going on, but my you know macho insides were like, oh, I've got this. <laughs> and no, I don't. But uh, anyway, so, so far so good. Um, basically, I've been going Monday, Tuesday mornings and Friday mornings because Wednesday I stay up way later than I usually do for ATP. 
And Thursdays, I've just gone to bed late. And so for Wednesdays, I know I'm going to be up late and it's bad for me to have my uh, my contact lenses in for that long. So I'd be, you know, have them in from 6 a.m. to midnight, which is not very good. Um, if, if the contact lenses are the real problem, then just wear glasses. But everything is, every, well, I, I don't like to do that when I'm recording is the problem. And I record until I go to bed. Why? What's wrong with wearing contact lenses when you record? Because is it all the physical activity you're doing? No, no, no. It's, it's that it's, even with glasses, everything is very blurry like i have to zoom in huh. on my computer to see even when i have my I glasses need, on i think you need new glasses case well it's because my eyes are shaped like footballs because i have this weirdo disease called keratoconus and it's all bananas but anyway point is wednesday i can't go thursday i've been i would have had like five and a half six hours sleep so i choose not to go so that leaves if i'm doing three days a week monday tuesday friday and i've so far been doing a pretty good job of sticking to it so we'll see how we'll see how it goes we'll see if i see if i do stick to it um i'm trying to eat a little better i'm trying to exercise period and so far i'm pretty excited with it uh, I, i'm still on the like yeah you're doing something good for yourself high but ask me again once it starts getting really hot out and maybe i won't be so high on life anymore <laughs> so we'll yeah see. this has been like a long-running trend of the show right mm-hmm. like the beginning and ending of fitness and the ending is just in the idea that we stop talking about it <laughs> um i'm back Indeed. at the gym again Good. i had not been to the gym in all of april because i wasn't really in the country for all of april in truth um but yeah i'm back at it i was in there today spent some time on the elliptical machine and uh we're on a low carb diet again Oh. I hate low-carb diets because it means two things. Low-carb diets for me mean two things. No matter what I try, it always means these two things. I'm hungrier than I want to be, and I don't get to eat any of my favorite foods. <laughs> yeah, true. That's what a low-carb diet means, yep. and it's such a shame. Why do all good things, tasting things, either have to have carbs or sugar in them? It just doesn't make yep. sense to me. It's, it's, it's the way the world. Fair. It's yep. just not fair. Nope. I'm good. I'm glad that you're also on the on the uh, Fitatron 3000, whatever it's called, uh, bandwagon. <laughs> uh-huh. um, all right. So I'm um, I'm hopeful that we'll stick with it. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I tell you what, when you run first thing in the morning, you just kill your fitness rings in the good way, real early. It makes you feel great. And then uh, you don't run and you feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But uh, I'm glad we're both on the on the train. I think I would feel terrible if I did run first thing in the morning. I don't think I would feel good. Oh, I actually feel great because I'm a morning person. So typically, the moment I open my eyes, I am within two minutes from being ready to do just about anything in the day. And yeah. uh, and Reed Tate asked in the chat room, does this mean you're no longer a night shower? Oh, please. Of course I'm a night shower. I'm just now also a morning shower. So Tetris I'll shower. This is insanity. Oh, it's, it's the way it has to be. So you'll, I'll shower at about 9 o'clock at night and about 7 o'clock in the morning. It's the way it has to be, Mike. Otherwise, you're sleeping in your own filth. It's just gross. Yeah, but I don't need to rehash this argument with you. It's pointless because <laughs> I agree with all of the same, all of the people that have the right idea about this, which is that you shower in the morning because, of course, you do. Like, why wouldn't you? Because but. you don't want to sleep in your own filth. Anyway, you know what else is also kind of depressing and pointless? Playing you in Mario Kart. So the reason that I know that you're running in the morning is because you tell me you're done with your run and then ask if you if I've got any time free to race you. This happens a few <laughs> times. This happened a few times now. Indeed. Uh, we have only played against each other once, though, unfortunately. 
Um, and I think that part of that reason is because I annihilated you. <laughs> okay, that is half true. You did annihilate me. That is accurate. However, that is not the reason we haven't played. The reason we haven't played other than that one race is because you're too darn busy for me. Um, but well, yeah. I mean, one of the t- reasons is you, t- you tend to send me messages at like mm, 12.30 I thought it was almost... Om- what? No, I thought I sent them to yep. you at like noon. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's either noon or twelve. You you do these these twelve hours. You oh, you get oh, me oh, either yes, or right. twelve. No, no, no. You're right. I'm sorry. So yes, in the evening, by the time Declan's in bed and every and I'm ready to screw around, you're right. It is like midnight thirty for you. Is that half midnight or half one? I am. I always forget. I'm not even going to answer. I'm not even trolling. I really don't remember. Well, I'm, but I'm not going to. So like, you're not getting it from me. <laughs> Anyway, and then the other time I'm available is about seven in the morning, which is about your noon, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, you're right. It is about 12 hours removed. Um, and, and those are the two times I ask. And and I will concede that those are not terribly convenient times for you. The lunchtime one tends to be, but I've just been busy this week. See, the truth comes out. Now, speaking of uh, inconvenient times, listeners of the show, if you understand how to set up a tournament in Mario Kart or have information about how to do that, please tweet at me because what we would like to do, Mike and I, is set up a listener's tournament in Mario Kart. And I think that means that anyone can join as long as we give you whatever, not friend code, but effectively friend code it is for the tournament. And then I, 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 I'm very unclear. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm very unclear what the mechanism is for this. It seems as though you like set up a time and then everyone yeah. at some point just joins at that time. But what if there's like 80 of us? How does that work? So I'm, I'm very confused. If somebody understands this, please point me to somewhere on the internet where they talk about this. I know I'm an old man and I want to read about it, but you know what? Point me to a video where they talk about this. I'll be a millennial. I'll watch a video. That's cool. Just tell me how to set this up it, because it's very confusing to this old man. And, and so help the noob, please help the noob. I think I think there is a limit to the people, and it's uh, everybody has to race at the same time because you are effective. You're not having like a knockout tournament, like it is a like a Grand Prix that you're setting up, is my understanding. But yeah, we do want to do this, and we will do this. Uh, it will happen at some point, and uh, we'll probably in between the 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 next this show and the next show have worked it out. So like we'll tweet about it, and then if it works, we'll do it again. A, a time where everybody can understand from listening to the show but if you want to get involved then you should follow me and casey on twitter and if you don't do that already what's what's taking you so long exactly but yeah when and, and i don't i don't know what time of day we'll do this i don't know if i'll do it over my lunch hour at work which would be about dinner time for you i don't know if we'll do it at seven in the morning for for I me feel like or, it's gotta be the, on the weekend honestly I mean, yeah maybe that's the best answer i don't know we'll figure it out but we would like to do at least one uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Tournament as soon as this old man or Mike finds the time because you probably already understand it as soon as one way or another we can figure out how to set it up appropriately so that is forthcoming watch the Twitter to uh, to figure out when it happens you got any more thoughts on the Switch? I love this thing my word yeah. do I love this thing I, I love it so I expected to love it a lot and I do what I didn't expect, though, is that I would continue loving it after the like initial shine of, ooh, shiny, uh, you know, wore off. And um, 
and so, and I love this thing. And I don't think we spoke about it on the last episode. I think we spoke about it forthcoming on the last episode, but the Monday after Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out, uh, several of us at work brought in our Switches and brought in Mario Kart, and we played local multiplayer, and there were six of us. And we played races, and we played uh, battle mode, and it was amazing. Like, I know I've mentioned on both this and ATP, that video that they showed in October, which we've linked at some point, I probably will forget to link it on this episode. But anyway, the video that was the Switch, like promo video teaser trailer, whatever, where they showed like everyone in a circle playing basketball against each other. I was like, oh man, that looks like it'd be really cool. But nobody will ever do that because that's totally lame. It is not totally lame. It's amazing. You should do it. Oh my God. You weren't the the only person who thought this though. Like, even people that played video games, actually, don't, especially people that play video games, thought that that was going to be the case, right? Like, no one, no one, no one plays video games like this. Like, right. congratulations, um, American Nintendo marketing person. You come up with something that looks really nice, but this isn't how people play video games. Yep. Right. Like huddled around this seven-inch screen with these these half of a controller in their hands. Like people don't play. Just it's just not the way it's done. Like. It's not the way that video gaming people play their video games, and it's uh, and the idea of the world in which Nintendo creates these consoles that will be bought by regular people that doesn't exist anymore either. That was a flash in the pan. It was just the Wii, right? Like the, the history is has shown out that that was a a one time deal. Like mm-hmm. that's all you get. But funnily enough, they 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 nailed it. Like they were one hundred percent onto like a very very real thing. In that the switch is awesome, and it is awesome because of all of this, right? Like it is awesome because you can play this way. And when you've got games like Mario Kart coming out, it's like yeah, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want to do. I want to just be able to play people. Like so, I've been on all my travels recently, right? So on flights to Vadina. Um, and the, we were playing the the Switch together, right? I, I took an extra controller. I had a controller. She had a controller. Like, I had two Joy-Cons. She had two Joy-Con. And we were playing, right? Like, mm-hmm. just one screen, split screen. On the train with my brother, he has a Switch. We're just doing the wireless play, right? Like it's how you best. are with your work friend. So good. We're just sitting next to each other on the train. Like, it's flawless. Absolutely, completely flawless. Um, fantastic. Just absolutely fantastic. It works, right? And... They they actually really honestly nailed it. Like the hardware is so good, it yeah it is it's kind of it is actually kind of surprising how good a job they did. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I mean, I love this thing, and 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 I am genuinely like I was already super amped for WWDC. Hand on heart, I am not making this up. I am super duper pumped to be sitting in whatever hotel bar somewhere with all of us nerds on our switches playing Mario Kart against each other. Like I am Mm -hmm. genuinely, genuinely excited to do this. I cannot even tell you how excited I am. Um, I, I love this thing. $300 is not an insignificant amount of money, but I already feel like between the $300 for the game or for, excuse me, for the console and the $120 I've spent on two games, I feel like it's absolutely worth the money and I've gotten so much fun out of it. And the internet play has also worked almost flawlessly. Um, the local multiplayer fell apart for us a couple times when we had seven people. And I don't know if it was like because microwaves were nearby or what was going on. It doesn't really matter. But generally speaking, it's the local multiplayer has been very good. And the internet multiplayer has always been pretty much flawless. I love it. The, the biggest complaint I think I have right now with the Switch is that I would love to be able to 
in the switch be able to see that you're online, which I can, but see and it's and see that you're playing Mario Kart 8, which I can, but then I want to be able to like send you a message and be like, "Hey, want to play?" And I don't know what the mechanism is for doing that. I've not played a PlayStation in years. I've not played an Xbox in years. I'm sure that these systems have worked it out. It doesn't really matter if they have or they haven't. But I'm just telling you, this like matching or whatever the gamer term is for it, I want to be able to do that on the device rather than having to Slack or, or iMessage Mike every time I want to yeah, play. Yeah, that's not going to happen for you. And uh, The reason is, so, okay, so this is like a multiple reason here. I was really surprised because you mentioned this complaint on ATP and the, I, was, I was surprised that John didn't get into it. But Nintendo, one of Nintendo's failings of the last few years is their inability to get online services, yeah. not even just right, just like to even do them. Um, and like a lot of the the issues with the Switch still are, main, are still kind of wrapped up in the fact that Nintendo have struggled to understand how to deal with the internet. It's why they they partnered with that company Dina, um, D E N A. You may have heard of them. That they're they're a huge Japanese company um, who bought like some gaming companies and and they do a bunch of uh, app stuff and they're a big digital company. They did a strategic partnership with that company to basically say, like Nintendo effectively may as well have just said to them, we don't know what we're doing, please fix this. <laughs> so they have been making some, like, so uh, all of their apps, you know, all the, like Super Mario Run and stuff, this is all because of Dina. Mm-hmm. Right, Dina is helping them make right, these right, applications, right. right? Because Nintendo haven't got a clue what they're doing. And if you think that it's kind of underwhelming in the switch the way some of this stuff works um it's it is like significantly better than it used to be yeah i can't imagine what it was like then it was just all of it was just non-existent and so basically what the, the 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 there are online features right now, but it's not the online service. So like you can play online in Mario Kart, but you could play online in Mario Kart before. But this isn't really like an online service that they've built. That is actually launching later this year. There are elements of it that are scattered around right now, um, but it's coming later on. However, they've already said that like all of the chat, like all of the voice chat, and like I think some of the frame management stuff. Um, is all going to exist in a third-party smartphone app? Yeah, that seems so, so bananas. So to they're me. not they're not actually going to have voice chat built into the console, which is basically different to every other mm. competitor. And and to be honest, like I don't necessarily need voice chat. All I want to be able to do is be able to do something that that kind of pokes you on your switch and say, "Hey, Casey is available and would like to play. Are you willing? Yes, no." You know, and that that's all I want. I don't need voice chat. I don't even need to be able to type in messages while we're like while we're using the game. Like the stupid I'm using tilt controls, you know, like option uh, the the thing in Mario Kart where you have like a canned list of messages. It sounds like an iPhone app. A canned list of messages where you can like send great game. That's it for me. I'll see you later. Like whatever. That's fine. I don't care. I just want to be able to say on the switch, tell Mike I'm ready to play, ask him if he wants to as well. That's all I want. Yeah, it will be in the app if it's oh, I anywhere. Know. Oh, I know, but it makes me sad. But what doesn't make me sad is the console itself, right? Which you've already mentioned. But I wanted to, I want to put a link in the show notes to an article that Chris Grant, who is the editor in chief of Polygon, wrote on Polygon about the Switch, um, because something that I 
he's basically did a really good job of summing up the way that people were feeling about this, which is that, and it's also showing in all of Nintendo's earnings results. Like currently, Nintendo are having uh, what's called a sell-through rates, unlike any other games company has ever had. And sell-through rate is like, I'm sorry, the attach rate is what I'm looking for. Is, is the phrase the attach rate, which is the attach rate of games to console. So like of the people that buy the console. Are how many of them are buying specific games so like Zelda is like a 90% which is unprecedented there has never been a game that has even gotten close to that before so like if people that buy a console do they buy a game like we're talking like not even Mario on Super Nintendo got this good <laughs> right I mean that doesn't necessarily count because it was a pack in but like games that you know you would buy right like but like so even like previous Mario games haven't even got to this level like 90% is unprecedented in the gaming industry and it's and there is just this thing where it's people that are buying the switch they love the switch so much they want all their video games to be on the switch so people are buying every game that comes out i bought an nba game today what because it was like 15 pounds it's called nba playgrounds it's like a it's like kind of like nba jam it's like a kind of oh i loved nba jam back in the day so there you go. There's a game. It's fifteen pounds. What's well, probably like fifteen dollars or something. It's in the eShop right now. It's called NBA Playgrounds. It's like that. There is a the NBA Two K, the the real NBA game is coming to the Switch. But there is this one right now, which is more of an arcadey type game. But just because it's like, I want to try everything that comes out on the console because I love playing games on the Switch so much. I want to make sure I always have games for the Switch. I haven't turned my PlayStation on since I got the Switch, and I I want every game that I'm going to play this year to be on this console because I can play these games wherever I want to play them. It's so simple, but it works so well. I'm We're killing everyone who wants to buy one of these things but can't. Oh, I know. It's the worst. And I the, I got mine just by happening to go into Walmart, which is a store I don't particularly care for. Uh, but I was close to it. And I thought, ah, let me see if they have one. And they did. Uh, NBA Playgrounds is 20 bucks in America. So there you go. You should get it. Yeah, maybe I will. But I have so much Zelda to play, Mike. You have no idea. I have so much Zelda to play. In a good way. Like I'm, I, I, I sound like I'm lamenting it. I don't mean to. It's just I have so much to play. It's bananas. Yeah, I need to go back to it. I haven't finished it. Uh, you know what I did do, though? Um, we're just turning the show first into ATP, then into Ring Post. Now we're going to turn it into, um, what is it, Remaster that you do with mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Federico and Shahid? Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, the, a, fr- a co-worker of mine, a friend co-worker of mine, uh, he has, I don't remember the name of it, but it's this little like puck-like device that is a programmable NFC puck. And what that allows him to do is fake out all of the Amiibos. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. the other day, he and I spent like five minutes and he gave me like effectively all of the Zelda Amiibos and all of the Mario Kart this Amiibos. This is the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Right it was amazing. So what ended up happening was I got Epona, the horse, and like just stakes and and uh, rubies and whatnot were just raining from the skies in Zelda. It was amazing. I loved it. So uh, if you uh, are cheap and want to cheat the system, cheap and want to cheat, then uh, check this thing out. I'll try to put a link in the show notes if I remember, but it's uh, it was amazing. I loved it. I don't know how legal these things are. Who knows? Like, I think not very because you have to get like... Well, it's not like getting the... a ROM though. I mean... I don't know. Maybe you're right. I reckon Nintendo might tell you it is. But. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. It was, it was but, really cool, though. 
but Nintendo should sort out their uh, Amiibo production if they want to stop people from doing this stuff. Or they should sort out their Switch production, if anything. But yeah, man, but the Switch production thing. So on that, right, just because I'm, I, I'm on my soapbox now, this thing has just sold faster than Nintendo expected it to, right? This is the problem that Apple has. Yeah. Right? Like, Nintendo have had to adjust. They adjusted their forecast. They were going to make 10 million in the first year. Like, that's how many they were going to make. They're now making 13 million of them. That's a lot. So, like, like this in the first year of the console, they're now making an extra 3 million. They were expecting to sell 3 million within the first few months. They sold that uh, within, like, like a, a week. weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they, they are simply a case where, like, they didn't think it was going to be this successful because it shouldn't have been. This is a March console launch. Why does that matter? It's out of it's out of cycle. Who's buying three hundred dollar games consoles in March? When would they buy them then? Holidays. Oh, fair enough. Games consoles always come out towards the holiday season, not always at the holiday season. No, I'm with you. Because now. sometimes you bring them out and then there's like a build to it, but it always is kind of around a holiday or the holidays. Sure. Okay. And the accepted wisdom is that Nintendo brought it out now so they could get the price down by the holidays. Right. So like come the holidays, the Switch could be like two fifty, and then it's just going to be like it's going to be just game over if they can manage that. I will say, Remaster is a video game podcast, but it has effectively become a Nintendo Switch. Podcast. Oh, don't tell me that! I don't have time for more shows, but now I'm going to oh, listen. Oh, you should pick it up. It's like every two weeks, and it's it's never longer than an hour. Uh. I probably right. Should. You should pick it up. Like if pe- like if people are interested in the switch, you should listen to it because I mean you can, you can see what episodes we're talking about this. But like we're all so obsessed with the console from like a business perspective and a play perspective that it's effectively all we're talking about and have since I think since the week before the switch came out to now. Pretty much every episode has been focused on it. Actually, the next episode that we do next week, we are purposefully taking a break from talking about it. <laughs> because it isn't a Nintendo show, but it just sure. that's all it has been. So we're doing like a, a deep dive into fan-made games. It's going to be our next episode. Nice. Um, but then we'll, I'm sure we'll be back onto it again because by that point, Minecraft will be out and I will want to talk about what Minecraft is like on the go. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to drop something on you. I'm going to drop a bomb, and then we really need to move on because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Do you know how serious I am about the Switch? I made a joke tweet about this, but... Oh, I saw what you're looking to do, and I'm interested in knowing how this goes no, out No, I'm you. not talking about putting a mount on my bed, which is oh, which okay. is a joke tweet I made, which may end up being a real tweet for all I know. But anyway, um, I am so serious about the Switch, and I was so clueless as to where to get good and modern, or not modern, but uh, recent information about it. Do you know what I've done, Mike? I've done the unthinkable. I've started to pay attention to Reddit. Oh, the Nintendo Switch subreddit is really good. I'm actually subscribed to subreddits now and paying mm-hmm. attention to Reddit slightly. And I Yeah, the, the Nintendo Switch subreddit is like one of the nicer subreddits that I've seen. Like it, people get complaining in there, you know, cuz they're like people just get grumbly because it's the internet but the overall um atmosphere of that subreddit is really positive and it's especially leading up to it so a friend matt alexander he turned me onto this subreddit because that he was doing this in in the run-up to it and he's like this subreddit is awesome everyone is super excited about everything 
and it's true. <laughs> so the, the Nintendo Switch subreddit is it is actually a really good subreddit to be a part of. Um, if you are so inclined, I'll recommend it. I hate Reddit, and here I am actually paying attention to Reddit. So look what happened. Look what happened. Anyway, we should well, move on. If you're paying attention to Reddit, then you should listen to my podcast. Which one? You have 100 of them. Uh, do I have to? Yeah. I probably should. Just go look at some of them and pick out pick out one of the episodes that, that, that interests you. Mm, fair and, enough. Uh, you'll, learn, you'll learn some stuff. Oh, final quick note. Final quick note. I promise I'll shut up. I have never licked nor touched my tongue to any of these cartridges. However, I don't know if I just have the most porous skin in the world, but if I touch oh, really? one of these mm. cartridges and then like to say exchange between Zelda and Mario Kart, and then my hands end up anywhere near my mouth in the next five to 10 minutes. Oh mama. Can I, can I tell you what? It is disgusting. Those yeah, things never really do taste. taste bad. I, I didn't mean to, but I have, and it's gross. And that's all I you know why that is, right? Yeah, so Declan doesn't swallow it. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, yeah. man, no company thinks like them. Nope. Eh, maybe Apple, maybe, but that's better. Not it. like that. Fair enough. Not like that. That's like a different thing, yeah. right? Like it's it's not about attention to detail. Yeah, that's that's not what I mean. It's just like that thought process. It's like it makes sense, but I don't think any other company thinks that way. It's just them. Fascinating company, and I love them. And I'm so happy that they have a bona fide hit on their hands. The Wii U, it sold 13 million consoles in its entire lifetime. They're yep. going to do that in year one. Oh, yeah. Switch. Oh, they absolutely will. Uh, you know what else is really awesome besides the Switch? Blue Apron is really awesome. Yeah, it is. And they are so awesome that they are the number one recipe delivery service with the freshest ingredients. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron will send to you seasonal recipes with fresh, high-quality ingredients to let you make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron believe in making home cooking accessible to everyone and also setting high standards for ingredients because they believe that when you couple these things together, you will build a community of home chefs, and that's what they're trying to do. All of their food, all of their their produce, all of their meat, um, it's all raised responsibly. It's all sourced from regenerative farms. It's all taken care of. Every single Blue Apron meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card. And all of the ingredients are pre-portioned. So you only get what you need, nothing more, nothing less. And every Blue Apron meal can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. You can choose from a variety of new recipes every week. Or you can let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. No recipes are repeated in a year, so you're going to get variety as well. You'll be able to cook meals like crispy salmon and roasted potato salad with pickled mustard seeds and creme fraiche sauce, baked spinach and egg flatbread with sautéed asparagus and lemon aioli, or maybe even beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice. You can set up your dietary preferences as well with Blue Apron, so they're going to know what type of food they can send you. So if you want, you can kind of say this is the type of stuff we can and can't eat in our household, and then let the culinary team do their best, and they'll send you amazing food. And one of the great things about this stuff is you're going to learn how to cook new things. You're going to learn new skills. And then you have these recipe cards. So if there's any meals that you really like, you can repeat them if you want to. So let, let Blue, and, Blue Apron continue to send you new food all the time to expand your palate. And then you add some new recipes to your repertoire to replicate at home. Recipes to your repertoire to replicate. That's good. <laughs> I like that. 
Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continental US. There's no weekly commitment. You just get the deliveries when you want them. And their freshness guarantee means that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with your first purchase, including free shipping. Just by going to blueapron.com slash analog. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals of Blue Apron. So don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash analog. We thank Blue Apron for their support of this show. And Relay FM, Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, so. I swear to you, my heart just started beating a little faster. I'm not even kidding. It's firefly time. It's firefly time. Yep. All right, so this is your foiler horn right now. If you've never seen the television show Firefly, I cannot recommend enough that you rent it, borrow it, purchase it, acquire it, do what you have to do to watch this television show. However... At this point, we are going to start to spoil the very first episode, and I will do my best not to spoil any of the other episodes, nor the movie. I need to start with a couple of very, very quick questions. No, Number- we cannot go to the questions yet. Not, I just want to know, Just did Adina no, watch it? We have to talk about spoilers wanna- first. Okay, fine. So, okay. I need to talk to you about spoilers, and I need to talk to the listening audience about spoilers. Okay. Lay it on me. So, I will be asking questions. Okay. You should not answer the questions <laughs> unless the question is directed direct to you. Okay. All right. If I am asking questions about plot, mm-hmm. you do not answer those questions. They are rhetorical questions. Okay. I'm glad you All said right? this because I would have answered them. If I am asking you a question about a character, asking you a question about something I've seen, you answer that question unless it spoils things. Right? Mm -hmm. Spoilers can even be to the point of saying, you're really going to like the next episode based upon (laughs) what you told me this time. Okay, I will try my darndest not to say anything like that. Listening audience, you must take this exact same tact as Casey. I have already had what I consider to be a spoiler tweeted to me because somebody told me that a character that I've seen in the first episode will appear in a later episode. That is a spoiler. Uh, Guys, ladies and gentlemen, you're better than this. Don't do it. I don't want to know anything. Someone said, oh, what about the blank, blank, blank episode? Don't want to watch that one again. Don't want to hear it. If you have seen Firefly, do not talk to me about Firefly. (laughs) That's it. Don't talk to me about it. If you want to say to me, I'm so happy that you like this first episode, great. But don't say to me, I'm so happy you like this first episode because. Or, I'm really upset that you dislike the first episode because. No because, just like, because, like, oh, because you're really going to hate the next one. No, none of this. All right. <laughs> nothing, nothing about later episodes. Because if you out there like Firefly and you want me to commit the next six months of my life to watching this TV show, I need no spoilers because I hate spoilers. I am very spoiler-averse, and I am very spoiler-sensitive, which is a very unfortunate mix, right? Like, I hate spoilers, and I consider... Like, I am one of those people, those really annoying people, that even knowing if something is good or bad, it's a spoiler for me because my expectations are set. And I don't like that. So, that is what we need to, to, to discuss 
with spoilers. I have. I am very sure that on the next episode, I will be having to chide all of you again for what you have done. <laughs> but oh, I have goodness. set the rules. Yep. Uh, yeah. The first rule of the Firefly Viewing Club is: do not discuss the Firefly Viewing Club. Firefly Viewing Club has become the uh, segment name. Just like there that. You go. We are mm-hmm. not discussing it outside of the clubhouse. And we are now re- we are entering the clubhouse. Are you ready for a couple of very quick and very easy questions? Yes. Did Adina watch with you? No. Ah, I'm a little sad about that, but that's okay. It's unlikely that she will, I reckon, because of when I will most likely be watching these episodes. That's fair. I, I like to watch stuff like this as close as possible to the recording, so it's mm-hmm. as fresh in my mind as mm-hmm. can be, mm-hmm. which will usually mean watching it on, like, Tuesday afternoon before we record the show. Yeah, this time you watched it, what, Sunday? I watched it uh, yesterday on Monday. Okay. Oh, man. Because it was longer. This episode is mm-hmm. like a double feature, right? That's it's right. like a 90-minute, mm-hmm. which I'd forgotten and was very happy that you reminded me because I wouldn't have had the time to watch it today. And I think you would have just quit the show if I wouldn't have watched this. I would have been deeply, deeply upset, and that is not a joke. I would have been very frustrated. All right. Set the stage for me. What did you know about this show before you watched it? That's really the only other question I have. Like, what did you know about the show? What were your feelings leading in to watching this first episode? So, I mean, there are things that that I know because we spoke about them, right? Um, Kind of just like, I know that Firefly is a cult hit. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that it only had one season uh, and a movie. I know that many people wanted to come back. I knew it was a Joss Whedon joint. Yep, yep. Um, I knew it was set in space. I knew Nathan Fillion was in it. I knew the guy who was in Dodgeball was in it. Um, <laughs> the, the the pirate? Yeah, Steve. Is his name <laughs> yeah, Steve the Pirate or something right. like that? Oh, that's um, funny. I've seen that. That guy's in a bunch of stuff, but that's the, the thing that immediately jumps to my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh I, I knew that it was shown out of order, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's that's kind of all all I thought I knew about the show. Okay. Um, there was a thing that I felt about this show before I watched any of it. I was deeply concerned about the hype. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. In fact, with as much hype as you surely have heard about this show, if it has come within... 10% of the amount of hype you've heard, I will consider that a job done, a job well done. Grossly overhyped, just oh, in the sense. I don't doubt it. Right? And I'm not talking about my enjoyment yet. Just yeah, I in understand. that it's just grossly overhyped yep. to me from mm-hmm. you, from other people that have seen the show, and just in general, like about it, you know, people are like, it's the greatest show ever made, which does make me ask this question. Mm hmm. This is a concern that I had before I, as I, as I was sitting down to watch episode one. Mm-hmm. This show's so good. Why have they never made any more? We could address that, but I think we should save that for another time because we're already running long, and that's a long conversation. It is a completely yeah. reasonable question, though. So... I mean, we're going to get into talking the specifics of this episode, mm-hmm. and, and that will kind of be the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. But, but I do have one more company that I want to thank. But I think that before we do talk about Linode, 
I should actually tell you what I thought about the show because I will want to tell you that beforehand and also I am aware that I have been keeping you around for practically an hour and I know you're dying. I am and I'm really scared now, but go ahead. so, So, episode one of Firefly. It suffers from something that that a lot of especially science fiction, especially science fiction television, suffers from in that a lot of it's really confusing um, for just from like a character perspective. Like the fact that this was the first episode and this isn't even the episode that people first saw. I don't understand how anybody ever knew anything that was ever happening in this television show. <laughs> and, like, I can't... There there are things that happen in this episode that I can't imagine how they were slotted into the middle of the season or whenever it was that mm-hmm. this thing aired, like, it was episode three and four. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I'll find... I mean, I guess I'll find out, right, like, with the later episodes, mm-hmm. if and how. I mean, I'm sure it was done and it worked enough because otherwise they wouldn't have done it, right? Like, if it made literally zero sense... They would never would have made that decision. Obviously, it was less than it should have, but whatever. Um, I just can't understand how kind of things would have gone the way that they did, but it, whatever. It, it definitely suffers from the fact that it's like, we're creating this world and we're being intentionally vague with things that are happening. And here are all these characters and we don't really do a great job of setting them up. Like, I can't even remember the majority of characters' names. Mm-hmm. This this show definitely suffered from a, a sense of confusion. However, something that what tends to happen to me with these is that this confusion frustrates me to the point that I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Like that that, that like I feel like if you if you don't do a good job in explaining who your characters are, then what am I even bothering to sit down and deal with this thing? Yep, I know exactly how you feel because I read the first fifty pages of the first book of Game of Thrones. I've never seen the show. And there were I eight hundred characters, all with kooky names, none of whom I could tell apart, and I just gave up after that. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Right. It's why it took me three attempts to watch The Wire. Uh, because I would oh, watch yeah. like the first half an hour of the first episode and be like, I don't understand yep. a word that anybody's saying, Completely and I don't know who anyone is. Completely right? agree with you. And, and I feel like Firefly had some of that. But I just want to keep stringing this out. Like, I, I know. Feel like, is there anything else I can say? No, For the love of God, Mike, I'm dying. I really, really liked it. Oh, thank God. Oh, I, so may even, I may even, because I have said this to other people, I may even go as close to saying that I loved it. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Okay, tell me about Linode while I squee for the next two minutes. All right, this week's episode is also, and uh, this, this installment of the Firefly Viewing Club, as we're going nice. to get into my full, full feelings and review about episode one of Firefly Serenity, uh, is brought to you by... Linode. Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your projects that you can get set up in just seconds. They have easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need, and their plans start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Whether you're getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. 
They offer the fastest hardware and network with just superb customer support behind it all. Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once it's up, they keep it that way. Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, a private Git server maybe. Maybe that's what you want to run. You can turn it on Linode. So much more. Possibilities are endless. Linode has amazing pricing options for you. You can get a server with one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month. You can go all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM for $60 a month. And their two gigabyte plan includes 30 gigabytes of storage, all for just $10 a month. Linode continues to offer more and more awesome options to meet your server needs. Across the board, they are offering twice the amount of RAM that you'll get elsewhere. As a listener of this show, sign up today at linode.com slash analog and you'll be supporting this show and also getting $20 towards any Linode plan. It was seven day money back guarantee there's nothing to lose so go to linode.com slash analog to learn more sign up and take advantage of that 20 little credit or use the promo code analog 2017 at checkout thank you so much to linode for their support of this show i am so indescribably happy right now i cannot even tell you i know i know there was a lot riding on this for you there was no i'm not even kidding like there was and i i was stressed i'm not gonna lie i was stressed and you know it's this show, no spoilers, this show, I, I adore it. It is probably, I was thinking about this yesterday, I think it's my favorite drama television show, for loose definition of drama. My point is it's not Top Gear, right? Top Gear is many mm-hmm. things, but not a drama. It is my favorite drama television show of all time. Uh, Breaking Bad was phenomenal, just indescribably good. But it it was also extremely stressful where this isn't, I don't think, Um I digress, though. It, this, is, this is probably my favorite drama television show of all time. Um, and as I started watching it, especially when I started to hear the music, which is this, like, not country, I wouldn't say, but kind of, but a very twangy, like, old western kind of music. Yeah. That concerned me. <laughs> which was understood. Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. But I started to hear this music, and and it was the oddest thing because I got this feeling of just overwhelming joy that I'm going to dive back into the show that to be honest, I haven't watched in a long time and, and I've forgotten a lot of, because I, it's been a long time since I've watched it. And, and I, I get this feeling of like, Oh my God, I'm so excited to watch this. And then I also got simultaneously this like sinking feeling of dread and, and not disappointment, but, but like horror that a, I know that I will never get any more of this. You know, obviously we're going to watch it, you and I, but you know, there's never going to be new stuff. And oh my God, what if Mike doesn't like it? Because it's okay if you didn't like, and there will surely be episodes that you won't like, and that's okay. But this movie means more, or excuse me, this, this show means more to me than the movies that I think you and I have watched. And I love the movies that you and I have watched together. Um, but this show means a lot to me. And I was just distraught that you may not like it. And I am not saying you will like the whole series. I am not yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, this is just episode yeah, yeah. one. No, it's absolutely. And if we get, I don't know if we're going to watch the movie or not. We probably will. But but either way, you may not like that. But 
that the fact that you're at least willing to carry on makes me extremely, extremely happy. I'm relieved that I yeah, I bet it, you honestly. are. I bet you are. I don't have a whole lot of notes, and so I think I'd like for you to kind of steer the conversation about what you think, and I'll pipe up when I think it's pertinent. Um, but I, I just want to say I am I am overwhelmingly relieved that you are at least giving this a passing grade. One of the biggest surprises to me is that I've seen the opening scene before. You have? Mm-hmm. When? I don't know. Oh, fair enough. But I also have a memory of downloading this show. I know I have downloaded this TV series and started it and didn't continue, and I don't know why. I don't know. It's, it, it starts aggressively, to be fair. I mean... I, that wouldn't have turned me off. I, I don't know why I didn't finish it, but I do remember, actually, like, because this has been something I've been aware about for so long, like, that I have attempted to... I did attempt to watch it once, but I didn't get past, basically, the opening scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just didn't go very far. Same with, like, Battlestar Galactica. Like, I've never seen It's all stuff it. that, I, that I would like, but, like, I just never really gave it more than a few minutes. I don't know why. Um, I was really um, there's an interest in realism uh, which the weaponry has in this show and I know that it's uh, I know the reason um, that all of the weapons just look like modern current day weapons it's a budgetary thing I'm sure right like <laughs> I, I can feel throughout this whole show like a lot of the look and feel of the show is is a is a budget thing yeah I haven't um, thought about that but continue where you're going but uh I actually think that it works it, because when I start to, like at first I'm like really like we have guns that look like today's guns but they shoot lasers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and but then I started thinking to myself where I was like well why would they be white and blue and clear and got lasers running through them like I don't know how far into the future this show is meant to be, but the thing is, it's like, even when we're making weapons that shoot lasers, they're probably just going to look like, mostly like the guns that we have now, because there's a reason the guns that we have now look the way that they do. Sure. And it's probably just going to continue. And then I ended up finding that to be kind of an interesting thought experiment Mm -hmm. of like, the weaponry that we have, like, it looks the way it does in science fiction because science fiction shows and movies tend to have really huge budgets, so they just make things look super cool. And then because things look super cool, they need big budgets to make them look that way. But this show seems to have kind of just been like, nah, they're just going to look like... A, it's just going to be like a bunch of black boxes. Yeah, so the very first note that I wrote as I was watching this last night is, this is no Westworld. Have you seen Westworld? I don't recall. No, I haven't. Okay, so no spoilers there. But suffice it to say, it is clearly very, very well-funded, and everything just looks immaculate. Whereas upon rewatching the first episode of Firefly, it was abundantly obvious, just like you said, that this was not done on the same kind of budget. And this was done maybe not on a shoestring budget, because particularly the CGI, I think, was really good for... CGI what... is really good um, when they're on that planet in the first episode. There's more extras than they need, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, like, it must have been, you know, f- good enough, right? Their budget was good enough. But, yeah, the, the, funnily enough, the CGI still kind of works. 
Yeah, I agree. It's not flawless by any stretch, but but it's I a fifteen-year-old television show. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like a fifty-year-old television show, so no. to speak. You know, whereas a lot of older CGI looks just ancient by comparison, and I don't mm-hmm. think this this does at all. But I gr- I wholeheartedly agree with you that that this is clearly on a different budgetary level than most of the shows that we're used to today. What did you think of the opening scene, which focuses ar- around Mal, who is the captain, and Zoe, who is his kind of first mate? It didn't really land with me because I didn't really know what was going on. And mm. they they kind of... I don't really feel like that they've spent enough time looking at what that was. Like, it was interesting to me that someone just, like, immediately died, right? It was very Hitchcock because mm. I was like, oh, this is this is the crew. Right, like this this group of people, this is the the whole crew, the space crew, but it turns out it wasn't right, like it's actually just a couple of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then the crew kind of grows, right, right, so that was a surprise, but like that opening scene, it didn't really do it for me, especially as the rest of the episode comes on because they don't even go back to it. It's just like we were once soldiers, not anymore, mm-hmm, okay. And you know it was good. It was good, right? Like I liked the the part where, like you know, he's like the angels are coming to get us, and a lot more religion in here than I was expecting, which was interesting. And mm-hmm. and just in general, um, I'm keen to see the role that religion has in this world. Interesting. Okay. Um, because there is a role. There, religion has a role. Um, but I, you know, I haven't gotten to to fully understand all of that yet, right? Like. Shepherd, shepherds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I don't know Shepherd, what shepherds, shepherds are, are mm-hmm. right? Uh, my assumption is that shepherds are like priests. Mm-hmm. But again, like I, I don't, I haven't, I don't feel like I've fully gotten that answer yet, um, because there is there is a shepherd on the ship, right? Book. Yep, that's said. right. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see shepherd. Like he he mentions that he was in a monastery. So again, like. Is he a priest? Is he a monk? Like, is a shepherd just a follower? Like, I don't know what these... I don't know this yet. Um, but there is definitely a role that religion plays, and there at least was a role that religion played in Mao's life, although I don't think it does anymore, because at that point he was kissing a cross. And again, I'm assuming that that cross is a religious thing. I don't know that it is yet, Um Again, with like, with the way that some of the stuff plays out in this show, even in the first episode, I'm doubting a lot of what I consider to be my just initial conceptions of the universe mm-hmm. that they're in. Um, so yeah, that there, there is, a, but I did like all of that, right? Like the, the angels, but like the angels were clearly the name of the battalion or whatever, or, or the type of ship that was supposed to be coming to save them, but that never happened. They, they kind of got left behind and then it's like flash forward an amount of time and now now these people are scavengers right exactly mm-hmm. all right so now the um, next scene we're, we're seeing them to your point scavenge from some like derelict vessel yeah, that's I'm, just floating i'm not sure i'm gonna go scene by scene okay, honestly that's fine. that's fine um because that that would we'll be doing this forever <laughs> fair enough uh but I, I I will be hitting most of my points chronologically, but I, I don't think I want to do like a scene-by-scene scene breakdown. No worries, that's um, fine. I was reminded by the fact that Joss Whedon was writing this when uh, Wash is playing with the dinosaurs. <laughs> Why did that make you think says, of Joss Whedon? He says, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Uh-huh. 
when one of the dinosaurs turns on another one. It's just a very Joss Whedon line. <laughs> like, very self-aware, but, but yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, it's very Whedon-y. Yeah, and that's one um, of the probably most quotable lines from this entire series, as it turns out. That doesn't surprise me. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, that's something people say to each other. That's, that's something that Firefly fans say to each other. I just yep. knew it. Because it's like what it's like the first comedy moment in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I can tell it's, it's something that sticks. Yep. Um, one of the things that I do really like in this show is like use of language. I'm glad um, you brought that up because I really wanted to know if you noticed that. Well, the thing that I was going to mention is humped. Mm-hmm. They use the word hump and humped uh, instead of the F word. Yep. So my expectation is is as history has continued to go on and language has evolved, hump means the same thing as the F word and the F word has fallen off the plane and hump replaced it. Mm-hmm. So it's hump this and hump that. Yep. yep. Which I will say is just genius script writing. Yep, completely agree because with you. you're able to swear without actually swearing, and you get all of the same effect. It's yep, very clever. Did you notice the other one, which they did say a couple of times in the show, uh, Goram, which I believe is generally spelled G O R R A M. I didn't get that. Okay, no. that I believe is is what we would phrase as God, and then something else. Um, and I think it's just been over the years, kind of squished into one word uh, instead of like or like gosh darn right exactly um I, they they say that a couple times during this episode and that is one of the that in and there's one other word i'm not going to tell you what it is i want to see if you bring it up but there's a there's a there's an effusive positive word that is used frequently throughout the series um so kind of the antithesis or the opposite of of goram um and I'm curious to see if you when it is you pick it up. But the two of them, Goram and this other one that I refuse to name, are used frequently throughout the whole series. And I don't really view that as a spoiler. Um, did you notice anything else about language, though? There is a language. Tell me there more. Is a, there is a secondary language. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be Asian influenced. Mm-hmm. Do not cr- tell me if I'm I, right I, or wrong. I, I feel like that's going to be important later. I am biting my tongue. And it seems to be a language that everybody knows, mm-hmm. but is only used in specific circumstances. Mal uses it when he's really angry or when he's trying to command attention. Mm-hmm. So what this tells me is that in the future, Asian culture took over Earth. Assuming these people are from Earth, um, I'm assuming that they are, but I don't know. I actually don't know that. Um, because I mean, there are so many other cues to it anyway. So, like, I assume it's an Asian Asian language or based on an Asian language because of some of the sounds, but it's also all of the visuals. So, my current favorite character, and and not not because of that, uh, my my current favorite character in the show uh, is um, see, how do you say her name? Inara. Inara. Mm-hmm. The reason I really like Inara is because I can't work out who or what she is yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Every other character in this show, 
I feel like I understand them and their place in society better than her. So, like, I think the ne- the next person to that would be Shepherd Book because I don't really know what a shepherd is. Mm-hmm. But Inara seems to be like a cross between like a geisha and like a call girl. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be like what they refer to as companions. It seems to be an elevated part of society. Like, this is a business. She is referred to as a businesswoman mm-hmm. in the show. She's also called some not nice words. <laughs> um, but there was one part where, like, uh, when Kaylee is shot, mm-hmm. um, is it Dr. Tam? Simon Tam, yes, that's right. He goes to Inara, and she has companion standard issue inoculation medicine Mm -hmm. which means that there is like a whole corporation maybe or like institution around prostitution in this world right so i'm I'm very keen to learn more about her um they lay on a bit thick with the sexualization of her in points it's yeah. like, I totally got it. Like, all you needed was the one scene where she's sleeping with a guy, which at first I was like, really? Why are you jumping this right now? And it's like, ah, oh, no, I get it. Right. Like, it's this is a business transaction, whatever. But then, like, when she's bathing, it's like, yeah. is this necessary? Like, it's, and I yeah. know, you know, that they were going for a certain thing. I mean, if it continues past this point, like, if they keep showing her bathing, I'm going to be like, seriously, guys? But, like, I. I feel like maybe in this film something they're trying to show I, I assume it's some, some kind of ritual which also kind of lends itself back into this like geisha like feeling of everything like you know like th- th- her ship is decked out with all these drapes and like the way she dresses is like that and and also I note the way that Kaylee dresses and and a lot of the clothing that she has and, and accoutrement like she has like a parasol it's Asian influenced Zoe does not dress like that so like there is like a is it fashion is fashion based in Asia but like Zoe doesn't dress that way because she's dressed for her job right which is to be like a a second in command on the ship right like she's she's dressed to fight but like fashion is more in the asian world again like you know these these are some of the things that i'm like trying to play up is like working out how they've got to the point where like um and i'm gonna throw another phrase concubines like geishas like these these types of roles are this kind of business this different kind of thing and then like everything that is is surrounding uh inara's like the way her look and and her environment is very much steeped in it in a in an asian feel i think at least to western audiences right like it's meant to telegraph that yeah but then also kaylee as well she she is that but then there is this language right so like there is there is a thing at play here um, which I'm keen to learn more about, but at the same time also expect to know nothing about, but just like like that they don't tell you that this is the case. But it just continues to build to the point where it's like, this is the lore of the show. It is, God, it's so fascinating hearing you 
work through this. And it is so impossibly difficult not to comment on it because there's so much here. This is no spoilers, I promise. There's so much here that you that you that that you will see. And and um, it's fascinating to hear you talk through it. Patience shot you. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> very good. I'm pretty and it's very sure, Whedon. I'm pretty very sure Whedon. I wrote that down. Uh, somewhere around here. But yes, um, I, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, another. You know, another another thing. Actually, that reminds me to go back a half step. Um, when you were talking about like the bathing of Inara and 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 you know and and the 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 scene where where she is with her client. Um, there was one or two other places where, where, to your point, she's clearly sexualized. And what was interesting about that to me is uh, coming coming from a very ignorant point of view. Um, I, I'm a white guy. I don't really know what I'm talking about. But it's my understanding is that Joss Whedon is, generally speaking, a, a very, very forward thinker when it comes to appreciating women and and being feminist in all the most positive ways. And it was very striking to me rewatching this show how sexualized Inara was. And and I agree with you, Mike, that to some Joss degree, Whedon is now. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Uh, and then this was a different Joss Whedon in two thousand two or whatever it was. And two thousand and two is a very different time. Also true. Two thousand and seventeen. Also very true. But nonetheless, it still struck me as how it struck me how sexualized she was. And yeah, to some degree, that's kind of her role in the show. And I don't mean that dismissively. I'm saying that she is a companion like that is kind of the that's what she is. But nevertheless, I was surprised as you were how sexualized that whole thing was. But it was also funny to me and what made me feel like it was the Joss Whedon I, 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 I reflect on and I think about was, and I might be jumping forward, but I don't think I am. Um, when, uh, when Adam Baldwin, who plays Jane, or so I guess I should say Jane, um, when he is making fun of Kaylee at the dinner table and, and Mal says to him, walk away from this table right now. And, and that to me, was a fascinating character study on Mal, who is very, very multi-layered, and I'll I'll leave it at that. But it's also a very, uh, a, a very good way to defend. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm struggling over my words here, but I feel like it was it was the right answer to a situation that was really unnecessary. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. I mean the the. The thing with Jane was interesting, right? Because it was meant to show him as being a bad guy, which is important for the way the rest of the episode plays out, mm-hmm. right? Like the questioning of whether he's going to betray mm-hmm. or, or double-cross Mal. Like that's that's interesting. It's nicely played, actually. It ended up not going the way that I expected. I thought that there was going to be a double-cross, but there wasn't. It's like Fair a triple-cross, right? Just because the, the tools that they played out, right? Like the, or the way that things played out, it looked like that was the case. Okay. Right, like that, you know, the the FBI agent was able to escape, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Right, like it, it looked like it was Jane, and for all I know, Jane did double cross him, but it just didn't go his way. But he also did stop him from getting killed by patients. So, indeed, it was, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I was surprised. Two two big surprises for me in the episode was when Kaylee got shot, and when uh, Mal tells Tam that Kaylee died. <laughs> right because you think she's dead yeah yeah yeah. because they they play it that way yep and and it was 
kind of strange, like, to then have everyone laughing. Like, it's like afterwards, like, oh, you scoundrel. Mm-hmm. You told him. It was weird. It was weird. Um, one of the, I tell you why I like this show. I just got onto the note where it reminds me why I like this show because I wrote, I think I'm hooked at this point, which is when River appears. Interesting. Okay, tell me more. Because there is so much stuff happening in this TV show. Okay. Like, it's just like, there are all these things that are going on, and you think these are all these things. And it's like, oh, but now there's a human being inside of a box. <laughs> and this human being's brain has been experimented on. Sure. And it's like, are there people with, like, mental abilities in this show as well? Is that what they're getting at? Right? There's something about River that we don't understand yet. Um, the The FBI agent kind of hints to the fact that she's very valuable, like she's she's very, you know. So there's like, there's a lot going on in this TV show. Um, it's not overwhelming, and it all kind of complements each other very well, and it is like this multiple, multiple layers of stuff mm-hmm. that kind of really kind of hooked me on it. And I can see why the, the double-length pilot episode was a good idea. Yeah. The thing with this show... I don't know if we're really in the summary section or not, but I was thinking about it when we first started talking about it just tonight. And I feel like, and maybe this analogy will make sense only to me, but I typically watch movies or TV shows to be entertained. I typically listen to music to feel a good beat. And you and I have spoken about this. You and I personally have spoken about this numerous times, including on Inquisitive uh, and Command Space. But um, Or maybe it's just Inquisitive. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is, um, I, I don't typically pay attention to lyrics. And I am not one for like the super foo-foo, like artsy, super deep intellectual movies or TV shows, right? I generally like movies and television and music that just entertains me. And what's fascinating to me about this show is that I feel like in this show, I'm listening to the lyrics. And in this in this case, what I mean by that is I'm not even that terribly entranced with the action on screen. And what I feel like I'm more interested in is the characters and the way they interact with each other in a way that I am not really in any other show. I, I think Breaking Bad is similar in that regard because and you've seen breaking bad is that right mike yeah so i feel like the interplay let's say between uh walt and jesse at the very least is is fascinating throughout the entire episode right um or excuse excuse me throughout the, the entire series but in in firefly I feel like I'm so much more interested in the personalities and the interplay between them than I am in the particular goings on in the episode. And and that makes it so interesting to me. It, it, I find that interesting that I'm so I'm so amused by that where which is so atypical for me. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, it is. It definitely. I I mostly agree with you, like for my own tastes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting in the way that they played this show up was the Reavers. Mm-hmm. It, clearly, they are the big bad in this movie. They sound horrific. Um, <laughs> what I really like is they didn't show them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what these people look like. I don't even know if they exist. Really, like I don't know anything about them Mm -hmm. 
one of the things that I really liked is when you know when they were coming back. I think it was when they were. No, when when they were like crossing over them right for the first time, I really liked the way that they showed Jane and Inara both preparing in extremely different ways. So Jane starts loading a shotgun mm-hmm. to fight, and yep. Inara gets the poison yep. to kill herself if she has to. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. Like I like that uh, because they are like. The two ways that people would fight, and it felt like maybe the two ways that those characters, what I know of them, how they would react, right? For all I know, Inara's got that poison to stab in someone's neck, but like it just feels like what they will do to her, she's like, I just don't want to be alive. Yeah. Well, in, in the way... Um the way that Zoe phrases it, oh, I wrote it down. What was it? Oh, she yeah. She says something along the lines of like, they will... Was it? Uh, they will rape us to kill death. us and tear off our skin yeah yeah they'll rape us to death and then yeah and like kill us and tear and so are so our skin into a suit or something like that yeah but then she Preferably says in that order. right and if we are very yeah. very lucky they'll do it in that order like mm-hmm. holy smokes whatever these reavers are they're serious business my friend that is intense and at this point you know we don't know if this is a MacGuffin. we don't know if this is the real deal but it is setting up some serious drama that may may or may not ever show up in the rest of the series. So uh, there's a couple of fake-outs that I really liked in the show. One is that Dr. Tam is not the bad guy. It was the agent who we'd barely even <laughs> seen, yeah. right? Like, he's just in the background. Very mm-hmm. nicely done. Although I thought that, that... I did not think that actor was very good, though, to be honest with you. But, he, but you, know, you end up working out why by the end of the episode. Yeah, uh, to be clear, I'm speaking about the uh, the agent, the uh, the yeah. alliance agent. Not that's what uh, I mean. You know, by yeah. the end of the episode, because he's a bit pop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right? But I I was a little disappointed because I feel like every other actor on the show is very very good, and even even the other bit parts like patience, I thought she did a great job. But but yeah, I thought the uh, alliance agent or whatever it is, uh, I, I I was a little disappointed with him. The other is the uh, the cargo, the gold bars. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I totally forgotten about that as well. Yeah, and genius. And, yeah, I thought that was very well done too. I completely agree with you. Um, towards we're getting kind of towards the end of my notes, so therefore the end of the episode. Uh, I love how like there's like the standoff right between Tam and the agent, and Mal just walks in and just shoots the agent <laughs> in, in the middle of the head. Right, it's just yeah. so just brilliantly done. Yep. Oh, I love it. It's funny because Aaron and I watch this together because Aaron loves this show as much, if not more than I do. And uh, and she remembers it better than I do. But we well, again, we haven't watched it in a long time. And she's like, doesn't somebody pop that agent right in the head? And then just like you said, Mal just comes strutting in and just whap. That's that. Uh, it was so good. Uh. So I actually, uh, I, I found some, some more of my notes about Inara. This is like, because... Basically, I'm done with with my notes of the episode watch now. Okay, can I can I interrupt you very briefly though? Yeah. So one of the things that I loved about this, which I had forgotten about, is at the very end. So this allegedly reaver powered ship is chasing them. It's not the very end. That's a bit. It's a bit much. It's when they're they're trying to leave the the stand the shootout with patience. And they're trying to get back to the ship and the, the, the Reavers are, or maybe Reavers are chasing them. And 
now they're in the ship, they're flying, and the re- the maybe Reavers are chasing them as they're flying. So why do you keep saying maybe? Stop doing that. Well, right. because I'm trying Don't not to that. spoil it. I'm trying not to spoil well, but it. But they're called Reavers. They okay. refer to them as being Reavers. All Don't right, be right. like maybe Reavers. Just do the Reavers. Okay. Have, it's my world we're in. Sorry, right all right. Just trying to make... I, I'm trying to be mm-hmm. overly cautious rather than, rather than being too mm-hmm. aggressive. So anyway, so the Reavers are chasing them, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, they well, I forget who it was, but somebody decides to do a spin move. Do you happen to remember what that spin was called? No. A Crazy Ivan. Do you know what that's from? No. The Hunt for Red October. I've not seen that movie. <gasps> Michael. Michael, you are know you this serious? About oh me. my God. Oh my I've not God. seen that movie. All right, we're going to watch that. That's the next Mike at the Movies. Whenever that time right. comes, which will be like 2020 at this point. No, the but... next Mike at the Movies is Serenity. Fair enough. The, right? the, 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 the one after that is going to be Hunt for October. Suffice yeah, to say. Good luck fitting that in, in the next year. I said 2020. Uh, so th- suffice to say that in the Hunt for October, this whole idea of a crazy Ivan is introduced. And Hunt for October is one of my favorite movies in the entire world. And so, Everybody knows that about yeah, you. Exactly. So th- I was very pleased to see a crazy Ivan make an appearance in this. And I had completely forgotten it was the case. Anyway, let's talk about Anara some more. So I I got sidetracked because I didn't have my actual notes in front of me. So like I mentioned that the idea of companions is is kind of fascinating to me mm-hmm. um, because it's like this business and there seems to be some kind of regulation. Um, and I'm kind of I'm keen to really see uh, what maybe what role um, like sex has in this world um, and like kind of. Because that it is like it does. It still mean everything that it means now. Like, is there all? Do we still tie emotion into it? How much emotion is tied into it? Like, I'm kind of I'm interested to see how that plays out. I'm um, I'm interested in understanding what does Inara want? Like, what what are her motivations? It seems like that there is some kind of tension uh, romantically between her and Mal, which I'm keen to see how that plays out. Um, and I kind of in that same vein, but also just want to know the practicalities of why does she board the Serenity? Like, what is that about? Like, how did that begin, and why does she come back? Um, like, I'm keen to see how some of some of these things play out. She is the person that seems to have the most depth to her character presented to you in episode one. And I say that because I I actually expect that she's she's not going to be an outlier in this, but like she I think she is cl- from my to my viewing clearly positioned as like this is the person with the most depth the most layers to them, um, or at least the one that I was most drawn to like trying to work out everything about her because again I say with the exception of Shepard book. Everybody else's roles are defined quite clearly, right? Like Kaylee is the she works in the engine room. We've seen that before. Mal's the captain. Wash is the pilot. Zoe's the first mate, right? And then Jane is the mercenary, right? And now we have Tam as a doctor, mm-hmm. right? Like we have Tam now. And what about River? Well, okay, but River is an anomaly because River doesn't have a character. She doesn't have a defined character. She d- she hasn't got a role 
yet. Right? Like, River is like cargo right now more than anything else (laughs) because she all we know is that there is something about her and she's being taken from place to place like she doesn't have a conventional role in the show like like a or i should say a conventional role on the ship is what i'm looking for actually that that's that's the phrasing i'm looking for here Mm -hmm. like and also based on like i'm also going like with tropes right so like there are tropes. Even for for book, there is a trope, right? The religious man, like he is the wise man on board. But I feel like Inara doesn't have that so much. Like it, she seems to to struggle to fit into that because River. Say like River is cargo because River is there without intent. She didn't want to be on that ship. Sure, sure. She was brought onto the ship, right? But but Inara keeps coming back, and I'm keen to understand how she fits in, right? So that's it. What I'm trying to explain here is like everyone's roles to the ship, right? Like everybody has a place on the ship, and those places are defined by other science fiction, other fiction. Right? Like, there is the this person, the this person, the this person. Right, right. I don't yet know what Inara's this person is. Is she the love interest? Is she? I don't think... I hope that she's not just love interest. I'm trying to work out what she is. People refer to her as the ambassador. And I, and I feel like, you know, they kind of gloss on over the fact that this is a, a joke because she's a prostitute. They call her the ambassador. But where does that name come from? Why did they choose that name? Um, it, I mean, it maybe it was just for the funny aside because, like, we don't know at this at that point that she's a prostitute. We don't know that that's what her role is. Um, because all we know is that she slept with someone. She didn't want anything to do with that person. She's headed back to the ship. She's she's very beautiful, very fancy dressed. Right, she's very smartly dressed. It's a very um, British so she, thing to say, but yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. She could well be a dignitary, right? And so maybe they just do it for the joke of when Shepard says, oh, like, you know, Ambassador is you know, incredible to meet you, and then for that to play out. And, oh, I'm also very intrigued to see how the, the how, how Book and Inara interact, because they are clearly... Uh, companions are not viewed kindly by the religion. Sure. Whatever the religion is. Right? But the two of them get on because Mm -hmm. Book shows compassion as uh, his religion also seems to ask him to do, to show compassion for people so he cares for her. And she just seems to be a nice person. So it's nice to him. Shows compassion for him. So yeah, I'm as you can see, most of my focus right now is on this one character. Um and and b- because I think that Inara and her role in this show right now is doing a lot for summing up what I like about it in that there's a lot going on and I have a lot of questions, but they're not annoying questions. They're like it's intrigue. It has built intrigue, not frustration. So 
Honestly, I'm kind of annoyed that I have to wait two weeks Good. to watch the Good. next one. Good. Oh, that makes me so happy, Mike. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, it, it, you know, I have to apologize um, to you and the listeners that I think you've probably heard a lot of uh-huhs and sure, because I'm so scared to spoil anything. That's and, all it should be. Yeah, and and, for now. And, and and for right now, just like you said, I, I want to err on the side of just not saying anything because I, I so desperately, even without your disclaimer, I, I so desperately do not want to spoil a thing. Well, because here's the thing, right? People that have seen this show, they get to either laugh at me or they get to be intrigued by what I'm saying because I'm seeing things differently or not seeing things correctly yet. Or they get to have the pleasure of screaming at their uh, iPhone to say, like, you don't see, why don't you see? And then also, like, but and for people that are just watching the show for the first time, they're coming along on the journey with me. Yep. So I think it, it will be a... a I think this is the way it's going to go, is I will be doing a lot of talking. You'll be saying the occasional thing and going, mm-hmm, that's the next year. <laughs> yeah, it very well could be. Before we move on, let me just look through my notes one more time um, and make sure there's nothing else I wanted to mention. Oh, I did want to bring up um, Adam Baldwin being in the show kind of hurts my feelings a little bit because if you recall, Adam Baldwin, who plays Jane, was, if I'm not mistaken, the 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 man who coined the term Gamergate, which is deeply upsetting. Coining the term yeah. doesn't make him a bad person. Uh, it's his beliefs that yeah. make him a bad person. Fair, fair point. Anyone can coin a term. Yeah, you know, you're right, you're right. right. That's a fair distinction. But the, the point is, is that I watched this show originally before that was a thing, and I actually, even today, think that Adam Baldwin is actually a pretty darn good actor, but it hurts me to think that because I know he's such a dirtbag in real life. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of challenging. Um, I think a lot of the 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 great parts of, of this show and, and this episode is the dialogue. Like most of the notes I wrote down were various bits of dialogue. Um, like for example, when Adam Baldwin, when Jane and Mal are, are about to uh, meet um, uh, patients, you know, and, and Jane is checking the radio, you know, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Mal? I'm standing right here. I'm standing right here. Of course you can hear me. Like that stuff just made me laugh. Um, at one point, I forget what the context was, but somebody said, shoot them politely. Um, that that's, I thought that was hysterical. Another be another bit of, um, really good weed in dialogue, which is a play between, um, between the, the shepherd book and Inara. And well, this is Mal speaking, but, um, she, Mal says she's a horror shepherd. So how's business, Sonora? And she says, none of yours. But, you know, there was not a not a beat between them. You know, it's just immediate. I just think that was so, so well written. So much of this is just so well written. And, and so much of it is subtle. And generally, like I was saying earlier, I don't like the like super um, art house, like independent film, like, oh, this is so fancy and arty. I don't like that sort of thing. But but I noticed when I was watching this, like when when Kaylee was getting operated on or perhaps recovering, even Jane, you know, the mercenary that that really isn't supposed to care about anyone, was was kind of cowering um, around the corner from the the infirmary, looking in the window to see how Kaylee was doing, because even he, this heartless monster kind of cared how Kaylee was Mm -hmm. and the way they showed that was so subtle rather than being like you know rather than the ham-fisted approach of him running in and saying Kaylee how are you feeling oh my god I'm so worried they just have him 
maybe cowering isn't the right word, but I can't think of a better one, just kind of cowering around the corner, quietly looking in to see how she's doing. Just so much of this is so well done. And, and so much of it is, is, is more subtle than I think I'm used to. Generally speaking, I don't read too deeply into, into movies, into film, into music. And yet I find myself reading more deeply into this. And, and so much of the, there's so many lines that I think are on the surface kind of throwaway and, and are very good at defining what a character is. And I'm pretty sure this isn't a spoiler, but toward the end when Simon, Tam and, and Mal are talking, Simon says to Mal something along the lines of, Oh, I thought I, th- I thought you were going to kill me in my sleep. And, and Mal says to him, if I ever kill you, you'll be awake, you'll be facing me and you'll be armed. And you learn a lot about the two of them in just a couple of lines of dialogue. And it's yeah, just, yeah, I like that. And it's just so much of that is so impressive and important and interesting to me. And, and, and I'm curious to see what you think of the following episodes. I forget which one is next. I should probably look that up real quick. Um, again, we are going in the intended order, not in the order they were aired on Fox. The next episode is The Train Job. Um, we will we will watch that in the next couple of weeks. We will discuss it on the next episode, and I'm curious to see what you think of it. But it 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 gives me immense pleasure to know that you are at the very least intrigued, let alone enjoying what you're watching. Me too. This could have gone very terribly, Mike, but I'm glad it hasn't. Still can. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but so far, so good, my friend. So far, so good. Mm-hmm.